focus on that and focus on unity. And so each week we pray for another part of our body, uh, another uh, church, another part of the body of Christ. And even, you'll notice on your handouts, when we have months that have five Sundays in them, uh, anything that somebody uh, de- designates as offering on the fifth Sunday, we actually send that, all of what's designated as offering, we send that to another church uh, or another body and uh, you know, or a pastor there, and uh, we just bless them. And we've been doing that for about a year now, and uh, I'm telling you, it blesses them because there ain't many churches doing that. <laughs> and uh, so uh, this month is one of those months. Just seek God, whatever he tells you, say. If it's a dollar, fine. If it's, you know, if it's a thousand, that's fine too. I don't care. Whatever is designated offering on that fifth Sunday, we're going to send it to another ministry. But today, let's pray for Highland Baptist and Pastor Mike Medeiros and his wife, Melissa. And uh, so let, would you agree with me? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Lord, for Highland Baptist. Lord, they are advancing the kingdom of God, and we just praise you for them. We thank you for them. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Mike. We thank you for his wife, Melissa, and their family. Lord, let your hand uh, just cover them. Lord, let your hand cover them and protect them in every way that protection is needed. Lord, let your will be done in their lives, in their home, in their family. And Lord, let your will be done in Highland Baptist, Father. We just lift them up. Lord, we give you the glory. Let your name be glorified through the ministry of Highland. Lord, let the leadership have eyes of understanding to see exactly where they stand with you, how they need to respond, and that they would be uh, doers of your will, Lord. Let them have wisdom of God and wisdom of heaven. Lord, we just lift them up. Lord, we we just bring them up to you and lift them up in prayer. Lord, let them be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that you, uh, if you've read ahead and already read through the notes, I hope that you've got an idea of where we're going today. We're talking about the one, and uh, the one, and we're talking about Jesus, but the message is not, the one that I'm talking about is not uh, specifically Jesus, we're talking about the one, your one, and uh, before, as we get going, let's just turn to Acts and chapter 1. And verse 3. So in this, in this Acts story right here, Jesus has already died. He's been crucified for your sins and mine. Uh, he gave himself as a willful substitution for your sins. He took the price of what things you did wrong, things I did wrong, and he paid the penalty. Uh, let me ask you this. What penalty is left to be paid? Not a thing. Not a thing. When you receive Christ, there is no more penalty. That penalty's been paid. It's already been... Would you go to Walmart and, you know, go and buy you a pack of M&Ms and then walk out the door, then walk right back in and say, hey, I need to pay for this pack of M&Ms and go pay for it the second time? No. No. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? Well, when the devil tries to bring condemnation and tries to bring all the damnation from condemnation and put it on you and say, you're so bad you've done this before, you need to remember there's a penalty that's already been paid. There's a price that's already been paid. Amen? He has no right to put condemnation on you any longer. You can walk in the freedom. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to repent at times and change course, but the price has already been paid. Thank God. Because you know what? I couldn't pay the price. You couldn't pay the price. But Jesus could. And he did it, and he did it right, so that we all could just be free in him. So this is what's going on. Jesus has died. The Father has brought him back to life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Literally raised him from the dead. And then he's been hanging out with the disciples, and that's where we pick up here. Uh, To those, he also presented himself alive. Let's see, let's put that in the New Living, Beth. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared uh, to the apostles from time to time. 
he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Now we're talking about a gift from God. How many people imagine that the gift is probably going to be pretty awesome? Right? Amen. All right. So don't leave Jerusalem until he sends you the gift. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. How many people have ever been in a baptism and they have felt the presence of God? It's pretty strong. And that's just water. Can you imagine how strong it is when he baptizes you in himself? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a huge thing. It's a huge gift. But here's this, and, and the disciples know this. See, they were very familiar with the Spirit. They, they know the story where the Spirit came on the guy and he outran the chariots, right? They know the story when the Spirit came on Samson and he pushes down buildings. You know, they know the story of the Spirit. So when they said he's going to baptize us with the Spirit, they're like, dude, that's important. That's big stuff right there. And so right here, now you've got the disciples who have spent about three and a half years with Jesus. They've been hanging out, not with me, with Jesus, right? You know, not Brian who can miss it, the one who don't miss it. They've been spending time with Jesus for three and a half years, but you know what? They still got stuff to work on. They still got to discipline themselves just like you two. I mean, y'all been born again, and, and whoever, who's ever been born again and then messed up after that happened? It's all right. If if the disciples can miss it, don't fall under condemnation. Just walk through it. Go to the other side. So here they are, and they kind of mess up. because. So when the apostles were with Jesus, based off of what he said here, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Now I call this uh, my kingdom mentality. Because they've been with Jesus this whole time. He's already told them, hey, you're going to go into all the, parts of the, all the parts of the world. And they go this. They, they're, they're like this. Ooh, big gift, big power, bless me. Bless my kingdom, our kingdom. and My kingdom mentality. And this is a problem in the American church today because here's how it sounds to us. Ooh, Lord, come here, build our church. Same attitude, same wrong. Build our church is a my kingdom mentality. Or individually, it can be like this. Ooh, God, bless my ministry. And so a lot of times we can get in this attitude, and I'm going to tell you what, just being plain honest with you, this is all over the church in America. I mean, how many people have ever been in church? And even, how, how many people, and, I, and I'm going to show you something, how many people have ever been in a church and you have thought this way about your church? And let me say, including Boomerang. And, and I'm raising my hand because I have. You know why? Because I've got to deal with this attitude just as much. And if you don't deal with it, though, there's an issue and there's a problem. It's like, build my kingdom, build my church, build my ministry, and it's off. Why? Because it's all focused on you. And watch what Jesus did. He, he's kind of light on them, but he does correct them. He says, he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you, and now he's correcting course here, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. See, I'm not a witness of the of Boomerang. I'm not a witness of Brian Wright Ministries or whatever you would want to call it. I'm a witness of Jesus. You are a witness of Christ. This is who you're a witness of. And so he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, just think about this. The disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus, and they still hadn't gotten this point. 
They were still asking him. They were still focused on Micah. And you know what? He corrects them right here, but the truth of the matter is they go on down the road. They still have an issue when the Gentiles get born again and get filled with the Spirit. They're still thinking it all belongs to Israel. We are God's chosen people. You know, and a lot of the church, they're like that today. We are the chosen ones, and everybody else who doesn't accept Jesus just got it all wrong, and you're going to hell. I mean, that's the thought. I mean, that is kind of funny the way I said it, so y'all can laugh. But, it, but is it not true? <laughs> is it not true that that's the way that we've... Kind of, and, and at the very least, at the very least, that's the way we portray ourselves to the world. Even if we're not thinking it, that's their perception. And it's off. You're not building your kingdom. You're building the kingdom of God. And you may be the chosen one. You may be the chosen ones. You may be God's people. Matter of fact, you are God's people. But what do God's people do? They witness about Christ. They tell, they, they keep, they, they continue to, to keep their mindset correct, to keep their mentality focused on what it needs to be focused on. And it's not their kingdom, it's not their building, it's not their ministry. It's focused on, I'm a minister of Christ. I'm here to serve like he served. I'm here to love on people like he loved on people. And let's get really real about it. Let's stop making excuses for it, but let's do what we need to do. And so, here's here's an interesting thing. The Father sets the dates and times when your kingdom or your church or your ministry is going to be blessed. The Father does that. So, don't worry about it. Stop worrying about that. That's junk for you to worry about it. Stop worrying about it. Just be about the Father's business, but do focus on what He gave you the power to do. Do focus on being the witness that He's called you to be. And that's what we're looking at today. Very often, we are focused on our kingdom or on our church, and our plans focus on reaching the masses. I've never been in a church, including Boomerang, where the plans didn't focus on reaching the masses. Reaching everybody. We just want to reach them all. What's your vision? Reach them all. You know, that's, that's the vision. We want to get everybody in Boomerang. We want to get everybody in our church that reached the masses. I've never been in a church that that hadn't been in there. And what is that? It's my, my kingdom mentality. And it's not that you're not supposed to reach the masses. You are supposed to reach the masses. It's right for us to reach the masses, but how does that happen? One person at a time. And so what will happen is you'll get so focused on reaching the masses. Uh, I, I wrote this. Let me follow my notes here. The problem with building our kingdom or our church is we tend to focus on reaching the masses, but what actually happens is we overlook the one and the masses never get reached. Uh, let me put it like this. We're so focused on doing a service that a guest who needs love on them walks in the door and we're busy making the coffee and doing everything else and not focused on that one person. We're focused on reaching the masses and we overlook the one. And who is the one? We're going to talk some more about that today and specifically a, a particular kind of one person that's just for you. You have a one right now. There's one that God has right now for you to pray about, to lift up. There's one that the Holy Spirit will bring to your heart. But then there's also the one that you will pass by at your work. And they're hurting. You know, maybe their hurt comes out like this. Like they're just fussing. They're always angry. They're always just, you know, they're always complaining. They're always on your nerves. And they're the one in your work and nobody else paying attention to them because their flesh is so irritated by them they don't know how to forgive and actually love on the one. And so in church, we're like, oh yeah, let's reach the masses. But in their everyday work, they're like, forget you, you're too irritating. I want to mess with you. Focus on the masses and overlook the one. 
that's standing. The one might be the one right there at the, at the gas tank. You know, it, it, might be, it might be the single mom who's like, you know, mm, click and going to pay because she's only got a dollar. And the Lord said, go fill up her car. She's going, do I have enough change to maybe put a half of a gallon in there so I can take my kids to school? And we're so focused on the mass, ooh, I've got to get to my church meeting. And we miss the one. We've got to keep our focus on the one. What, let's see what the Father says about the one. Let's look, look at uh, Luke 15, verse 4. Luke 15, verse 4 in the New Living says this. If a man has a hundred sheep... Let's go to the New Living. Thank you. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, one of them, one of them, one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together all his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So overall, what is he saying here? What is God saying? This is Jesus talking. He never said anything that the Father didn't say. So this is the Father's heart talking to us. What is he saying? Overall, he's saying, keep your focus on the one that is away from the body. And let, me, let me throw this in here just to clarify something. Because, all right, right now you might be thinking, well, who's not here today uh, that's my one? Which is right. That's what I want you to focus on. But don't miss this point either. When you're focusing on that one, don't forget to focus on the one that actually is here and they're going through something. The one is whoever God puts in your heart right at that moment. The one is whoever right then God is trying to get in front of somebody who will love on them. The one is, is that person that God's drawing to you. Overall, what is God saying in this? Keep your focus on the one that is away from the body. Seek the Lord on how and where to find them. Do whatever it takes to retrieve them. When the one comes to Jesus, bring them back to the body. Rejoice and praise God that the one has come home. Let's keep on reading the same chapter, verse 8. It says this, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. When even one. Overall, what's God saying about this right now? Overall, what's He saying? He's saying, keep your focus on the one that's away from the body. He's saying, seek the Lord on how and where to find them. He's saying, do whatever it takes to retrieve them. When the one comes to Jesus, bring them back to the body. Rejoice and praise God for the one that comes home. You notice, she's sitting there, she's got nine other coins, but she stops what she's doing, and she puts down all her work, and she puts everything else to the side and said, let's go find the one. Let's go find the one. See, right now, yeah, how many people, you've got a name in your head already. You've got a name in your spirit of the one. Somebody that God's given to you to start praying for. To start lifting up. You see, so many times the things that we do, the, the, the direction that we go, it's all focused on let's reach out and touch masses. What would happen if every single person in here today would start focusing in prayer on the one that God's given them. 
How many people want to bet that the one that you have is different from the one that I have? Instantly, and, and who cares if they come to our kingdom, our church? Let's just get them in the church, the body. What if the body of Christ was doing this all over the world with that kind of selflessness? That kind of humility? What would the body of Christ be? if we all would just focus on the one that God's laying on our heart right now. Now I have this, if I can get a couple of guys to help me pass this out. John, if you'll help, and Jeff, Brandon. Everybody, look, take, take uh, one or two or three of these. This is, I believe, I believe for my one I believe for my one. That person that God's put on your heart, if you want two or three, hey, I want to put it in, in my car. I want to put it on the refrigerator. I want to put it on my mirror. Take however many you need. Whatever we got left, we're going to leave them back on the table. But wh whoever's name is there, you realize they may never come to Boomerang. You may not be the one that leads them to Christ, but you're going to lift them up. You're going to pray for them. You're going to believe God to put ministering spirits uh, in their path. You're going to believe God to put people in their path because there's nobody that doesn't need a touch from God. You see, when we understand how good God is, and I know the world's got a really skewed, uh, uh, skewed and messed up vision of who the Father and His love is. But here, let me just say it like this. He saw your worst moment ever and he still paid the price for you because you were worth that to him. He gave his only son at that moment. So there's nobody that doesn't need a dad like that. And when a dad like that comes into your life and you let him do what he wants to do, that father, that daddy, all of a sudden the things get much, much better. That's what we're believing for whoever this one is. Uh, you may know who your one is right now, but I promise you, you start asking God, Lord, who's the one that you want me to be lifting up, that you want me to be praying for? You'll get it. Write their name down. Put it in front of you. Keep it in front of you so that you can start lifting them up every day. Every time you think about that, pray for them. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Again, in the New Living, it says this, Matthew 13, 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in the field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. Now, what he's talking about is when somebody sees the kingdom of God, and they see the price that Jesus paid, what they should do is drop everything that they think is important in their life and do whatever they need to do to grab a hold of God's love and His kingdom. Now that's, that's directly what it's talking about. But it also has a second meaning that says this, when you see something that God values and places a high priority on, our lives should stop and we should drop everything and do whatever it takes to get a hold of what God wants. Keep reading. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl, a pearl, that single pearl of great value, again, he sold everything he owned. Everything he owned and bought it. Overall, what's he saying? When you find something or someone that God considers very valuable, do whatever it takes to possess it. Whatever it takes. You know that person that you have on your piece of paper, or if you don't yet, the one that God's going to give to you? Guess what? Jesus died for that person. That man or that woman. They, they hold one of the highest of values to your Father. To your Father, they're the great pearl. Worth paying anything. Jesus said, it was worth it for me 
to drop everything in heaven, even, even my, my Godship. It was worth it to drop it, come to earth, become a human, so that I could buy back that person. It was high enough, they're a high enough value with God to pay for with His only Son, Jesus. So now, you do whatever it takes to gain them for your Father. You see, and let me just ask this, please, you don't have to raise your hands because the truth is, every one of us should raise our hands. How many people have not, have not esteemed the value of that one person enough in their life. How many people keep on doing all the things in your life, all the stuff in your life, all the things, let's go on the vacation, let's have the boat, let's have the cars, let's let's the nice job. I'm doing this for my family. And and all that stuff's good. And the truth of the matter is if you'll seek the kingdom first and his righteousness, all those things will be added to you anyway. But when you make that the focus and the priority instead of the priorities of God, it actually tends to go right through your fingers. And how many of us have put more of a priority on stuff and things and the cares of this world than we have what's actually valuable to God? What's actually valuable to God, let me clue you in, the most valuable thing to God is people. It's the one. And for you, you have a mission. And that mission is that one person. To believe for them. To lift them up. To ask the Lord. Lord, let their eyes of understanding be opened. Let them see where they stand with you. And when they start to see clearly where they stand and the decisions that, that need, they need to make, Lord, let them be strengthened with all might to step into that place. This is what we should be praying for our one. Let me, let me tell you a story real quick about the one that the Lord gave me one time. I had a, I had a friend in, um, in fourth grade, and, and this is really funny. Uh, I, was, I got on the bus going to this new school in fourth grade, and uh, this, this boy was on there. I think he was in the fifth grade, and uh, he, was, he was close, but I think he was one grade higher and uh, I, I was this naive, you know, Christian boy in, from a Southern Baptist home. And uh, my dad was recently filled with the Spirit. And I was just going after God. Man, God was, that love of God was all over me. And I thought this boy was the Antichrist. And uh, <laughs> I thought he was about the devil himself. I mean, I was like, good gracious, I need to stay away from him. You know, that kind of thing. Well, here's the thing. In that moment, that very first day, guess what God did? He touched my heart for that boy, for that kid. And as time went on, uh, this, this kid came over to the house and, and we got to know each other. And what I didn't know was, man, he was, you know, my dad had a plan for me to make college money and do all this stuff. And, and this is the first time I think this guy had seen this and he was just so impressed by that, it made an impression on him. Now I didn't find that out till years later. But when Facebook comes around, you start to meet people that you knew before, and this is what happened here. And so I meet this guy again. We actually get on the phone and start talking, and he tells me about the impression that was made. And what was that impression? Was it just that, you know, that logical stuff? No, it was the love of God was impressing. You know, now he may or may not know that. It doesn't matter. I know it because I know how the Lord works. And so we get to talking again and find out he might still be the Antichrist. I'm not sure, you know. He was just, he, was, he had a lot of, and he was really, really angry towards God. And I don't know why. I know what happened was, you know, he went through and he was a bully. That's, why, that's what made the impression on me the first day. And at some point, he hurt somebody and he saw himself for the bully that he was, right? And so at that point, he decided, I'm, I'm going to stop being a bully to others. If anything, I'm going to bully the bullies, right? Which can be a good thing unless you don't have a background in love, in God. And so with the perception that, that uh, uh, let, me, let me tell you this too. This story is not over yet. This is an ongoing story. This person still, I would say, is my one. 
And so here's, here's this thing. Um, this, uh, he, saw, he started to see because he didn't have a background in God or at least not one that was strong enough to really know who God was. You know, we, he saw what the world would say God is. Well, he's, God's a bully. He lets people go through this stuff. He sends tornadoes and all this stuff. Now, you and I know today that's not who God is at all, but that's the world's perception of that. So he started to see God as a bully towards men. It's not, he wasn't an atheist. He, he believed in God. He just believed he was a bully. So he started to make his life almost uh, to uh, stand up against God and, and let's bully him back. You know, one of the things that was happening was he was actually uh, started an organization, and I believe it was Church Without Walls. It's not the one that you probably heard of, but it's, it, that was the name of the organization. His whole point was that people should be the church. They should be the church outside of these walls. Well, I'm like, praise God, that's right. But what his point was, the whole point of him starting this was, we don't need God to love on other people. And it was very, you know, anti-God. And my heart just hurt, you know, when we were talking. And the Lord had me say a couple of things to him. And it, then he just had me just praying for him. I'd pray in the Spirit. I'd pray in my authority. I remember one time I was at a meeting. I'm like sitting there listening. And somebody's preaching. I'm really getting a lot out of it. And, and, and God goes, pray for him, you know. And I went, I'm trying to listen right here. Lord, and he's like, pray for your one. Pray for your one right now. Pray for the one. One time I, I, um, we were on, away on a trip and, and, uh, and, and I saw something and it was just so, I mean, it hurt my heart so bad. Just so anti-God. So against the one who actually is for him. I mean, it just seemed like it was ramping up and getting worse, you know. And, uh, man, just, just vengeance and ah, coming out of his speech and what he put on, out on the web, so angry and so upset and, and just, ah, after God, you know, and I just, I hurt. And then, um, and then one day I was at home and I remember, I remember the day and, um, the Lord was talking to me about authority that we have. And in that authority, our job is to pray the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. And if you understand about your authority that you have, you actually have a right to speak some things into existence. Uh, maybe that God doesn't even want, and we shouldn't do that, but you have some authority. You have a lot more authority as a Christian than what you think you have. This is something the devil tries to hide from us. And so here I am. I got home. I said, I know my job is to pray the will of God. And I know according to the word that the will of God is that that guy is born again. That's the will of God. I have no doubts. That's scripture. I can show you scripture to prove it. And the one was on my heart. And I understood this about the one. And the Lord said, then speak it and believe it. Now, I don't think that you should just go and do this flippantly. I had some leading here to speak some things. And, and my prayer went something like this. Lord, I know your will. My job is an ambassador on this earth. And my job as your ambassador is to speak your will. I will not allow this man to go to hell. Now, see, that sounds pretty strong if you don't know your authority. You need to grow up in your authority. I'm not going to allow this man to go to hell. I'm speaking, I'm praying, I'm lifting him up. He will be born again. Ministering spirits will be put in front of him. People will minister to him the love of God. He will see it and he will receive it. Lord, I pray right now over his heart to be melted in front of you so that he can receive your love and be born again. You feel that power? You feel that different it's a different when you start operating in your authority so i said that prayer and you know as far as i could tell and everything i could see not a whole lot changed matter of fact it seemed to just get worse what i saw on facebook and everything and then we were in a meeting again and the lord said um, pray for them pray for your one all right prayed for your one 
We were in another meeting right in the middle of the meeting. It was actually the meeting when uh, Ted came in the tent. I was in the middle of me. I think it was a Tuesday night. And I'm sitting there in the middle of worship, and God says, pray for your one. Pray for them right now. Pray for the one. Pray for them right now. I prayed. The next morning, I woke up to this. This was a message sent to me. Actually, it was about six messages, about a minute apart. I need to talk to you. I felt your prayer. All right, now this is somebody that's anti-God. So for them to even say, I felt your prayer, something happened. I'm like, you did. Brian, dot, 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 something, dot, dot, dot. I'm serious. Please call me the number. Call me now. So I tried to call. I didn't get in touch and... You know, they tried to call back, and I didn't, catch the, I didn't catch the call. So they started texting me. And here, I didn't have, and while they were texting me, I was actually on a bike. I was riding. I couldn't hear the phone or anything like that. And, and so this is what they text, texted me. Listen, to this. this is the power of you submitting to the will of God in your authority when you start believing for the one. The one person God puts on your heart. Listen to this. What was that? Brian, I had a two-minute conversation with God. He knows you on a first-name basis. Listen to this. I asked him to go away. He said, I asked God to go away. And he said, now listen to this authority. He said, no, Brian won't let me. This is the power that you have with that one. Which is more important, trying to reach the masses or the effect of something like this? No, Brian won't let let me. I asked him, what about your will? He said, Brian knows my will. And I did know his will. I knew what his will and his authority was, and and now he knows that too. God was telling him, And that helped me too. That helped me to know, hey, that was the right thing to do. This was not a dream. He was here. God was here. Listen to this. Brian, did you pray for me a few months ago? This was two to three months after I made that prayer at the house. So what's the power of the one. Now I'd like to tell you right now that this guy has come into the kingdom and that he's setting it on fire. But I don't I don't think that's actually so yet. But every time the Holy Spirit brings it up, is the groundwork set? Is the foundation there? You better believe it. Do you think you'll be born again? Oh yeah, I do too. I do too, without a doubt. Can you imagine what a person like that will do? when they realize the reality of love that the Father actually has for them. The same thing with your one. What can they do when they feel the power and the love of their loving Father because you're doing your job as an ambassador here on this earth and lifting up that one. So our overall goal is to reach the masses by reaching one person at a time. In other words, whoever's in front of you and whoever God is putting on your heart, that's who you touch. That's who you pray for. That's who you lift up right then. That's who who you pray the will of heaven down in their lives. And you affect. And guess what? When that person comes to the Lord, we bring them back, we rejoice and tell them they need to get in a body. Get in a body. Rejoice. You bring those testimonies. I want to hear the testimonies of when your one comes into the kingdom. I want to know when they come back. These are testimonies we ought to be having all the time. I mean all the time. They ought to be popping. Why? Because all of us are praying for our one. Some will come quicker. Some will, some will take longer. But they ought to be happening all the time because we don't let go of the one. And once the one comes to the Lord, we start praying, who's next, Lord? Who's, next? who's my one right now and all of a sudden we're a church that actually start uh, multiplying the kingdom because we're doing what God has for us the whole time how do we do this it's on your handouts it's in your notes how do we do this number one focus keep your focus on the one 
that is away from the body. Keep your focus on the one that God would bring up to you right now. Not the masses, not the multitudes. Let me just do my job of believing God for the one right now. Keep your focus. Focus. Number two, ask. Ask God, who is my one? Let's just ask right now. Let's, let, Father, right now, we just ask for your wisdom. Your word says that if we ask for wisdom, that we can believe so strongly that you will give it to us. And so, Lord, we ask right now for wisdom. Who's our one? Who's that one person? Just ask with me. Say, Father, who's my one? Who do you want me to lift up? In Jesus' name. Amen. Ask God who's your one. Number three, pray. Pray for them every time the Holy Spirit brings them up. If he tells you to call them, call them. That's next. Be ready. Number four, be ready to share the love and power of Jesus Christ with them. Be ready. And, and guess what? That being ready is not just your one either. You know what? Somebody you run across may be somebody else's one, but I need to be ready for that person who's praying to share Christ with them. I need to be ready to move in the Spirit and have a word for them. And so if you're not at that place yet, let's, hey, let's get together. We've got a maturity meeting. Let's mature. Let's grow up in these things so that we can be ready for whatever God has for us. Let's be responsible. Number five, seek. Seek the Lord on how and where to find them. You know, I prayed for about a year and a half, a year to a year and a half for my one that I was telling you about. And about a year, year and a half is when he told me to pray the way that I prayed that day. I needed to know, how do I find them? How do I reach them? Now, I didn't know God was going to go to his house. I had no idea about that. That was a surprise to me too. Pretty awesome surprise. I was like, yeah, praise God. I was like, man, the Holy Spirit came. I told you I was riding a bike. When I, the Holy Spirit came on me and who I was riding with, I left them. They were way gone because I was like, whoa, God visited them. I didn't know God was going to do that. And, and that was you know, pretty dramatic and supernatural. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. God knows what that person needs. We just need to seek God. Lord, how do I reach him? How do I touch them? How do I touch that one? How do I touch? You know, there's many of you in here, you were a one to somebody. You were somebody's one. Some of you, you were my one, and you didn't know it. Many of you. Amen? Be obedient. Number six, be obedient to whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. God knows what they need better than you. I, just this week, I was, uh, I was in uh, some place and, and there was somebody sitting there and the Lord said, and he said specific words to me, and I, I heard them on, in, inside, and, and he said, go ask them. He didn't say, go invite them to church. He said, ask them. Do they go to church anywhere now? So I went and I asked. You know, and I'm, I'm like, what if that's the wrong question? What if they get offended at that? You know, that, that corrupted flesh is just trying to talk. But I went over and I said, do you go to church anywhere right now? And they said, no. No, we don't. I said, well, I'd like to invite you. Please come. But that really broke, broke through. It was Lord knew exactly that they didn't go somewhere. And right then in that moment, I can't say that I was sitting there praying for them and that person for months and months and months. But in that moment, they were my one and I needed to be ready and be obedient just to do whatever God has me to do. Be obedient. Next, do. Do whatever it takes to retrieve them. You know, when they found that great pearl, they sold everything to get it when you see that person is of great value do whatever it takes to retrieve next bring when the one comes to jesus bring them back to the body now if it's here it's natural for them to come here great if it's somewhere else great get them in the body and lastly rejoice 
and praise God for the one that comes home. This is why, this is important. Now this is important. Rejoice and praise God for the one. That's a commandment for us to do. So when that one comes into the kingdom, don't just be silent. Oh, yeah, I was praying for my one for three months and now they're in the body. Don't just be silent. These Everybody else in here needs to hear about that and be given the opportunity to rejoice with you. You, you have that one that comes to God, I want to hear about it. I want you to put it down, send it in an email, tell me when you walk in the door. I, I want to hear about it. We want to rejoice with you. And praise God for the one that comes home. Let's just stand up right now. Brandon, Priscilla. Stephen, go ahead and pass these out to each section. Priscilla, if you'll handle that side and everybody outside of the room that needs to be. Thank you, sir. You know, as we, as we think about the one today and we start praying for him and lifting him up, it's important that we renew who we are too. And as we renew and we remember the body and the blood of Christ and the price that he paid, the passion, the love that he poured out for us, let's remember the body and the blood that he poured out for that one as well. And as we remember him and we take communion, let's make that commitment not only to renew ourselves, but to renew our thinking to the one. To remember the one. To pray for the one. To lift up. To get ready to be obedient to whatever God asks us. To mature in the things of God. This takes commitment. It takes doing. You know, just you can't just sit here today and say, Oh yes, I want to be godly. I want to be whatever God wants me to be. And then just come to church and not do anything. And it'll happen. It won't. The devil will laugh at you because you're being lukewarm. I don't like being laughed at. Especially by a scoundrel like the devil. Well that means, and you ought not to either. And if anything you took up and took rebellion over, it should be against the things that the devil wants you to do. You ain't going to push me around anymore, devil. You're not going to talk me into being lukewarm. I will grow in Christ. I will be who God wants me to be. I will remember the price that he paid. The word says this, it says every time we should remember these things, we should remember the body that he gave to be broken for each one of us, and we should remember the blood, and we shouldn't think about it unworthily. In other words, we shouldn't say, oh yes, this is it, and we eat something, and we drink something, praise God, and go out the door. No, it should be something where you search your heart and you say, am I esteeming this properly? And today I want to ask you this question. Am I esteeming this properly for the price that he paid for my one person as well? Am I doing what I need to be doing for that one? Considering the price that Jesus paid for them as well? Am I willing to sell everything? To, to do whatever it takes to get that one into the kingdom of God? You know, sometimes the one is not somebody who's not born again. Sometimes they are born again. They just stepped away as well. That can be the one too. Let's remember it today. Lord Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. Not, not just Lord in speech and theory, but Lord in the fact that we give you the control over our lives. We drop all of what we think we control and we hand it to you to hear from leading from you and do those things. You are our Lord. And you were Lord before you ever stepped out of heaven. And yet you stepped out of heaven, you became a man, and then you gave yourself when you had done nothing wrong, you gave yourself to be broken for me. You shed blood. For me. You gave your life for me. 
And you gave it for all of the world. And today, Lord, we choose to remember that. And we choose right now to esteem it like we've never done before. We don't take it unworthily. We esteem the cost and the price that your love paid. Just say this with me. Just say, Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord the director of my life. And I have faith in and I believe in Him and I believe that when He died for me that You brought Him back to life. Literally. And rose Him up from the grave. For me. Father, I thank You for my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, your anointed one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we receive this as we esteem it. And Lord, we give you the glory for your love that was made manifest for us. We receive Christ and we receive his payment as a payment for our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Take it. Lord, we just praise you for this day. We thank you for this day. Lord, we, we commit to believe for our one. We commit to live a life worthy. Listen, Lord, we commit to live a life worthy of the body and the blood. Worthy of the price that Christ paid. Worthy, Lord, we... Commit to live a life worthy of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank You <laughs> that we were Your one. Thank You, Lord, that we were Your one. We praise You and we love You. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Jeff and Tara are going to be right back here at this corner. If today's your first day, we have a gift for you. And if you need prayer for anything whatsoever, healing, I want to be born again, I want to know Him better, I want to recommit, I need prayer over my family, please go see them and receive that prayer. Have a great day. Shine. Out of the ashes we rise